glad to be here tonight. Amen. Well, you may be seated, and uh, we are having CIA, so children, you can be dismissed. Go to your classrooms. Have a great time. Praise God. Well, if you've been here on the last couple of Sunday mornings, Pastor's been uh, talking about how great our God is. This morning he read many verses along the lines of how great God is. And as he began to share with me that he was going to be going that direction, I just started meditating on the fact that, well, you know, God is great, for sure he is, but God is also good. And I started looking up all these passages and found how many times that the Bible talks about how good God is. The psalmist David, he particularly had a revelation of the greatness of God and the goodness of God. So tonight, I just really had in my heart, we're going to just uh, mostly out of the book of Psalms, we're going to read some verses on how good God is. Did you know that faith comes by hearing? And hearing by the word of God. And I am expecting over the next three weeks we're going to be talking about the goodness of God. That our faith just increases. And that we just start expecting him to be gooder and gooder. And better and better. And more awesome and more awesomer. I'll make up words. Awesomer. Because that is his nature. So the next two Sunday nights, we're going to just be talking about the goodness of God. And then on the 26th, we have it in our heart to have a special healing and miracles night. Because, you know, when your faith rises in the fact that God is good, guess what? He wants to show himself good. And one of the ways that he does that is through healing Body. So if you know anyone that's standing against any kind of disease, terminal disease, whatever it may be, get the word out there. If that's you, you keep meditating on scriptures concerning healing. And we know the healer is going to be in manifestation. Well, he is tonight already. But even as I was thinking about just reading, mostly reading a few comments on these verses on how good God is, I was reminded of our spiritual father, Brother Hagen. He's been in heaven now since uh, 2003. But one of the things that he used to do in certain services as the Spirit of God would direct him is he would just start reading scriptures on the glory. He had it in the back of his Bible, and you could always tell. He would be looking around, you know, it was back before probably there was computers and all that stuff, and I don't know if he'd handwritten them or he'd had somebody type them out for him. And he'd go and he'd just start reading scriptures on the glory of God. And many times as he would do that, he'd say, well, there it is. The glory cloud would just start rolling in. The presence of God. So that is what I am believing is going to happen as we start talking about the goodness of God. That is, goodness is going to show up and show out. It's always been God's desire to manifest himself to mankind. And to reveal himself, his true nature, as a loving, giving, good God. Religion will try to paint a different picture, but our God is good. And the Bible says that our God is love. And when it comes to receiving all these wonderful attributes of him in our life, of course, he's got his part, but we also have our part. And we'll see that in some of these passages that we look at tonight. So let's begin in Psalms 31 verse 19 and want to begin 
out of the, looking at the amplified version of this passage, Psalms 31 verse 19 in the amplified. How great is your what? Oh, that was a little bit weak. How great is your what? Your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. Do we have anyone in here tonight that trusts in the Lord with all of your heart? That you have learned that there's great benefits from trusting in the Lord and not leaning to your own understanding. That you have come to this point of saying, He is my refuge. He is my rock. He is my help. Well, then that means you're a candidate. To have his goodness show up in your life. And right there we see great and goodness in this passage together. Often they are used in the same context. God is wanting us to see that this is a description of him. He's great and he's good. He's just as good as he is great. How many of you believe that God is great and greatly to be praised? We do believe that. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Creation in itself just shows us that our God is great. Our God is awesome. Our God is magnificent. And a lot of people will agree with you on that. Yeah, God's great. Yeah, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, he's big. He can do all of these things. And then you can show him a verse like this and say, did you know he's just as good as he is great? And people will argue with you on that. Well, now, you know, sometimes he puts sickness and disease on us to teach us something. Sometimes he puts, he drags some through the mud, some through the crud, you know, just he beats us up. He's got a great big fly swatter that he hits you on the head if you do something wrong. People have perverted image of God. He's not out to get us. Like pastor said this morning, quoting our dear friend Keith Hershey, God's not mad at you. God's mad about you. Amen. He's madly in love with every one of us. He's not mad at us. He's not trying to get us. Amen. There's no end to his greatness and its goodness. It's hard to comprehend how good he is. It's like trying to describe to someone how wonderful God is and they don't know him. A good illustration is this. Have you ever gone out to a really wonderful restaurant and perhaps you had a delicious meal and it came time for the dessert? You don't want to skip the dessert. So you order this fantastic dessert and maybe your husband or your wife that you're you're with, you take a few bites of it and you're just like, ugh. You're trying to describe how delicious this wonderful creation is. And after a while, you're going through, oh, it's sweet, it's chocolatey, it's yummy, it's this, it's that. And then after a while, they just say, well, get me a bite. I don't want you just to tell me how good it is. And you know, my husband, he doesn't even ask. Before I usually get the first bite, he's like, that looks good. I think I'll have some. 
And you know what? That's the way it is with the things of God. We can try and try to describe, and it's good. We should tell people how wonderful he is. But there comes a point when every single one of us have got a taste for ourselves. Again, the psalmist David over in Psalms 34, he said this. He said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I found this in the message translation, that passage, Psalms 34, 8. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. You cannot taste of delicious food With your mouth closed. You can't taste of the rich things of God with your heart closed and with your Bible closed. You got to open up your heart. You got to open up the word. That's why he said, open your mouth and taste. Open your spirit and receive Of the revelation of how good God is. And then he went on to say here, open your eyes and see. You can't see the richness and the vastness and the greatness of our God with your spiritual eyes blinded. And there are people that are born again, but their spiritual eyes are blinded. And they haven't seen the truth about who God really is. They haven't seen the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we should pray those wonderful prayers in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and chapter 3 the apostle Paul had this revelation and he said that we are to pray pray that the eyes first of all ourselves for us put your hand sometimes on your own eyes symbol symbolizing I'm praying that the eyes of my understanding are flooded with light That I am seeing more and more clearly the wonders of his person. That I am comprehending on a new level how great and how good my God is. That the eyes of my heart are being flooded with the fact of how much he loves me. How his heart yearns to do wondrous things in my life. We pray those prayers for ourselves, And then we should reach out and pray them for other people. There might be somebody in this room tonight that they're just new in the things of God. A baby Christian. And we that have been walking with the Lord. We ought to take that as an assignment. You know the Apostle Paul, he said that we ought to pray for those babies in Christ. I pray for you that Christ, I travail for you that Christ would be formed In your heart. That's just another way of saying you get that foundation of who you are in Christ Jesus and who he is. Anybody else in here found him to be awesome? Found him to be wonderful? Found him to be majestic? Oh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. Woo, I'm getting happy already. Just thinking how great he is. How good he is. How loving he is. How much he wants to show up in our lives. Woo. Show up and do good things. 
And then that same passage, Psalms 34, 8. I don't know if we have this uh, translation up there. It's the CEB, Common English Bible. I like this too. It said, taste and see how good the Lord is. And then this part I really like. The one who takes refuge in him is truly happy. That made me happy. The one who takes refuge in him is truly happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy, happy, happy are the people who have taken refuge in him. Happy are the people who have tasted of the good things of our good God. Is anybody else in here happy? Well, if you're happy, notify your face. Get happy with me. It is truly a happy man who knows God, who tastes of his goodness, who takes refuge in him. This verse isn't in Psalms, but it's a good one. Nahum 1.7 in the, let's see what translation, in the New King James says this. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Do you want to be known by God? Do you want to be known as one of those? Say, hey, your name comes up in the throne room and he says, oh yeah, that's Pastor Tom Hernandez. He's one who trusts in me. Yes, I know him because I know that he puts his full confidence in me. I know that he runs to me in a day of trouble. We're all going to have a day of trouble, but we're not going to let our trouble get us down. What are we going to do? It says he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. It's good to have a place of refuge, isn't it? The Lord is our strong tower, the Bible says. The righteous run into it and are safe. I'm glad to be safe. We can be safe in uncertain and unsafe times. But we, the righteousness of God, we have a place. Hallelujah. A place in him. A strong tower that we can run to. The name of our Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. But too many people in a day of trouble, instead of running unto the Lord, are running from him. Blaming him. Trouble shows up. They get mad. They get upset. God, why did you let this happen? They turn their back on God. They get out of church. Get out of fellowship. Get out of the word. That's somebody that runs from God. And guess what? He's not going to be their stronghold. That's a sign of weakness and that's a sign of opening the door. If we think that God is the author of evil and bad, we won't run to him. We'll run from him, but not in this place. We know him. Do you know him? Are you like the, the Nahum said here? He who knows and he knows those who trust in him. When we know him. When we have discovered the wonders of his nature, we begin to know he is not the withholder. He is the blesser. He is not bad. He is good. 
It's simple. I learned this as a little kid. You know, we were taught some, some flaky stuff about, you know, doctrinal things. But I just got this in my heart. God is good and the devil is bad. If it's bad, it's not from my good God, my good father. James chapter one, every good gift, every perfect gift, it comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variance or shadow of turning. It's not hard to figure out even when God was dealing with the children of Israel who were not born again. He wanted when he gave them the law, he wanted them to keep it straight. When he gave them the commandments, they actually had two different mountains One was the good mountain. From this mountain, they read the blessings out of Deuteronomy 28. Then they had to go over to another mountain and read the cursings. This is what's going to happen if you don't walk in the commandments of the Lord. And I believe God did that as a word picture for them. Okay, when you think about it, this is the blessing mountain. That's all God. That's all the wonderful things he's promised If we will listen to him, if we will walk in his commandments. And if you're not, if you don't stay under the blessing, you've got to come completely off of that blessing mountain as an act of your will. Walk all the way down from that mountain and walk all the way up to the cursing mountain. And we're not going to do that, are we? We're going to live under the blessing. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm using this little iPad and I lost my spot here, but the Lord... Knows those who trust him. (laughs) Take a breath. I got my little backup pages here too. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He is our refuge. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to say. He's not the withholder. He's the blesser. Now let's look over at Psalms 84 verse 11. Hallelujah. In the Amplified. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. What are we talking about tonight? How good he is. The Lord bestows present grace and favor and future glory. Honor, splendor, heavenly bliss. Now this is the part I want you to see. All of this is good. No good thing. Will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? No good thing. Now I looked up the word bestow and it means this. To give or present as a gift. To give or present as a gift. Because our Father God is so good. He has given us richly all things to enjoy. And what are some of the things it said he has given us? He has given us grace, favor, glory, future glory. What does that tell us? Future glory. That tells me it's going to get gooder and gooder and better and better. The best is yet to come. And then it says heavenly bliss. What does that mean? That says to me that when we follow after the Lord and we let him manifest himself in us and through us, we can have days of heaven upon the earth. 
I know that people go through difficult times. I know that people go through hell. And if you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't camp out there. Keep on moving and go through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's heavenly bliss on the other side of it. There's future glory. Hallelujah. You keep on pressing through that. You keep on believing God. Hallelujah. From glory to glory, we are going. From glory to glory, he's changing us. Amen. His likeness and image to perfect in me the love of God shown to the world. Hallelujah. That's an old chorus in case you didn't know it. He's changing. He's changing me from earthly things into heavenly. His likeness and image to perfect in me the love of the love of God shown to the world. He's changing. He's changing. He's changing me. Amen. Is that your, is that your commitment for 2014? I'm being changed. That's a really old one. He probably doesn't even know it. <clears throat> He's changing me, changing me. Yeah, we're changing. Amen. From glory to glory. He is changing me. 2014 is going to be better than last year. I know there's nothing magical about January 1st, but there's something that happens in people's mindset and in their heart. It's kind of like, okay, we got a fresh start. We got a new year. We can lay some things aside and we can look forward to what? Future glory. Hallelujah. Woo. Heavenly bliss is coming my way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What are you expecting this year? Change. Greater goodness, goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. That's another revelation that the psalmist David had. Woo! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to camp there. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to press on and I'm going to have goodness and mercy following me. All the days, every day, all the days of my life. I love that verse so much. I just got to read that again. For the Lord God, he is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows present grace. Anybody need some grace? Grace, grace for our race. Favor. How about some favor? Hallelujah. Heavy fog. The favor of God for 2014. We woke up this morning. I looked out in my backyard. I'm like, what? It's fog. But you know what? I, when I see fog, I always think about that. Well, the favor of God showing up every day and in every way. Hallelujah. And future glory, honor, splendor. Heavenly bliss. Woo! I think we ought to take a praise break. I love that. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's look at another Psalm. Yeah, these are all, almost all these verses are in the book of Psalms. And this is nearly not all of them. Woo! No wonder God said David was a man after his own heart. David craved the presence of the Lord. 
David, I believe, he knew God better than any person that's not born again. He had that relationship and that fellowship with him. He knew he was a good God. Listen to this one. Psalm 65, 11 in the New King James. You crown the year with what? With your what? With your what? And your paths drip with abundance. What's he crowning our year with? Didn't say evil, lack, sickness, poverty, death. No. What did he say? Goodness. Abundance. Health. Wealth. Victory. Breakthroughs. Revival. People coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. That's part of crowning our year with goodness. Now listen to that passage out of God's Word translation. You crown the year with your goodness. And then he goes on a little further and says, And richness overflows. This part just speaks to me. Wherever you are. Richness overflows wherever you are. It doesn't say I am crowning your year with goodness unless the economy is bad. Unless the wrong people are in government. Unless you live in the wrong state. Unless you come from the wrong family. Then forget it. No. This is what he says. If you reverence. If you trust. If you worship me. You are going to see goodness. And richness overflows. Wherever you are. Pass overflowing with abundance. Abundance of what? Not gloom, despair, and agony. Goodness, victory, health, and strength. Now let's continue reading in that God's Word translation of verse 12 and 13. The pastures in the desert overflow with richness. The hills are surrounded with what? You know, I like that. The pastures are covered with flocks. The valleys are carpeted with grain. All of them shout triumphantly. Indeed, they sing. I love that because what that says to me is that the hills are alive with the sound of music. And that music is a joyful sound. The hills are alive with joy. The pastures are overflowing. The valleys are producing an abundance of crops. What is that saying? It's saying what it said to us in verse 11. Wherever you are, there's abundance. Wherever you're at in your journey, in your walk with God, you can expect his goodness to show up and to show out. We are all on a path. 
We are all on a course and we are all on a destination. We're all going the same direction. We're all at different levels. Nobody, nobody has arrived. But on this path and in this course of life, we can expect goodness and mercy. We can expect our pastures to overflow. Our hills to be singing with the sound of joy. That sounds like blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Amen. Wherever you are, whatever your stage of life, whatever your age, blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. On the hilltops, I am singing. In the valleys, I'm rejoicing. Out in the pastures, I'm overflowing. With the goodness of God. Wherever I am, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah, I'm blessed. How about you? Now, there's another phrase in this passage of Scripture. It says, He crowns the year. He crowns the year. Now, that does not mean a crown on your tooth. I'm telling you, this week, I had a strange kind of thing happen. I I just went into the dentist for a routine cleaning of my teeth on Monday. And, you know, everything was pretty good. And then in the process of the exam, I said, you know, I've had a little bit of pain back here on this one bottom tooth. And didn't think that much of it. He said, well, let me take a look. He opened my mouth, looked in there, and he goes, you have a fracture. A fracture? Yeah, on my very back jaw tooth. And then he gets a mirror and shows me, and I could see it. It's like, like you fracture a bone. I had fractured a tooth. He marches me out there. He says, you've got to have an emergency root canal. You're going to lose that tooth. And all, you know, not good news, all this stuff. So Thursday, I go into another dentist office, had the exam. And, oh man, it's infected and it's deep. And, you know, fear, kind of like dread, dread. Remember, ah, dread. I don't want to two, come back Friday morning for a two hour appointment. We got to put a root canal on there. Then you're going to have to have a crown, all that stuff. So I go in Friday morning and he takes another x-ray and he goes, oh, that crack is not as deep as I thought it was. They told me I was going to be there two hours. Well, anyhow, I did have to have a root canal, but it was really pretty minor compared to what they thought they were going to have to do. Hey, I've been feeling great. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I said all that to say that's not the kind of crown we're talking about. <laughs> Last week, we talked about light and easy. So, hey, the root canal for me was pretty light and easy. Praise the Lord. Anyhow... But the kind of crown, I don't know why I told you that when I saw that word crown. Yeah, yeah, his crown is free. Unfortunately, that one is not. But anyhow, but listen to this definition of crown. To be bestowing of a reward or honor, the position or title of a champion in sport. I could ask somebody in here tonight, have you, has your team ever been crowned champions? I know we'd get a witness on the front row. I hear it quite often. 
in junior high, eighth grade, right? City championships and the basketball team. Crowned. He knew what it was like to be crowned champion of the city league in the basketball tournament. So that is one definition of crown, a position or title of a champion in sports. Because you're very pickable. Anyhow. And then there's, there's another game where the word crown is used. Our little granddaughter, Olivia, she's just learning to, to play games. And one of the games that she's learning this year is checkers. So we're down there and we're playing checkers with her. And actually she's learning it at, at Uncle Ricky's house in, in Oklahoma. And boy, right away she picked up to the, on the fact that, ooh, it's good to be king. It's way better to get crowned than to just be one of these regular checkers out here. So, I mean, she took her a little while to get the concept, but she'd work and work with one little guy till she got him over there. Grammy, crown me. Couldn't wait to say crown me because she figured out there's some benefits to being crowned in checkers. You can go any direction you want to. If you're just a little regular checker, you can only go one way. It's good to be crowned. Did you know God wants to crown you? He already has crowned us. He's made us kings. Hallelujah. And priests. He's given us access to all that heaven has. In the game of checkers, you can be an average player. You can just kind of move one person at a little checker at a time and figure out, set up one little jump. But if you want to be a really good player, you kind of strategize. Okay, I'm going to jump. I'm going to get four of their guys and I'm going to get down there and I'm going to be a king. Did you know that God, he is crowning us? He's setting some things up for us. Hallelujah. He's setting some things that are really awesome in motion. He wants to crown your year with goodness. He's already made us a champion. He's already made us a king. Now he's just wanting us to step into that title that has been bestowed upon us. One of the definitions of crowning, bestowing of a reward. Or honor. Hallelujah. Are there any kings in here? Anybody in here that have been crowned? And you know what we've been crowned with? We've been crowned with glory. Hallelujah. We've been crowned with his presence. Woo. His goodness. His goodness is showing up in here. Faith is rising. And the fact that, oh, God is good. God is so good. Remember that song? God is so good. I'm not singing. God is so good. He's so good to me. So what is he telling us? Position yourself. You're already a king. Now position yourself through meditating in the word, through praying in the spirit, through being faithful, through hearing, through obeying, talking, to start talking about the Lord's goodness and how, how, how wonderful he is to you. And then, you know, because God is so good, when we're hooked up with him, that goodness starts to show up in our lives. And it, the Bible talks about what it means to be a good man. Over in Psalms again, we're, just, we're fixing to wind down here in Psalms 37. In verse 23, the steps of a... What kind of a man? 
good man. Are you a good man? Are you a good woman? Well, if you're hooked up with a good God, you are. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. As a matter of fact, let's do some declaring right now. Say this after me. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I'm always in the right place at the right time. Divine connections are coming my way. Glorious appointments have been made for me. The favor of God is surrounding me as with a shield. Amen. God is setting us up. For a great year. Yeah, that's all right. Let's say that together. God is setting me up for a great year. Crown me, Lord. Crown my year with your goodness. Do you know that we are blessed to be a blessing? We are called to show forth His praises, to display His goodness. One of the most effective ways of of sharing our faith or letting people know how wonderful God is, is for them to see displays of God's goodness in our lives. We are, our lives are the only Bible that some people will ever read. If they can't see God in us, they'll never see him. What is your life saying? Is your life saying, ooh, poor old God. He's got me broke. He's got me busted, disgusted, weak, sick. No. Or is our lives saying, woo, he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. Amen. What did, what did, um, Moses, what, when he, he wanted to see God, he said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I'll allow my goodness to pass before you. So that's one of the things that I think we need to be praying about this year. Lord, in us, to us, but through us, show the world your goodness. Let my life be a testimony of what it is to be a Christian. Let my life speak volumes that I have taken my refuge, my trust in you. And it shows up in the form of goodness. Show us your goodness, O Lord. Show us your goodness in the land of the living. Doesn't the Bible say it is the goodness of God that leadeth a man to repentance? People know that they're bad. People know they got issues. People know that they're corrupt. A lot of people know that they're on their way to hell. They joke about it. But on the inside, their heart is crying out for truth and for answers. And going and pointing a bony religious finger in their face and saying, You're going to hell, you sinner! Did you know that you are evil? You're lost! 
you're wicked. God is going to get you. As a matter of fact, Reuben, God is going to get you. He is going to swat you on the head. The next time you do something else, watch out, boy. He's going to really walk you. That's the picture that a lot of Christians paint. Sorry, Reuben. Oh, hit him again. Oh, okay. Not scriptural. I believe it's in Romans chapter 8, and it might be around verse 2 that says, It is the goodness of God that leadeth man to repentance. How do they see His goodness? They see Him in us. They see him in his acts of love. That's why, you know, when we say we're going to, we're going to have a special friends day or we're going to have a, a healing service, get the lost here and let God pour out his compassion and his goodness in their lives. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you are good. You are so good. Hallelujah. You're great. Yes. You are great. Yes. You are awesome. But Lord, you are good. You are so good. I know it's mostly family here tonight, but if you're in here and and you've never encountered the goodness of God, You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Or perhaps you knew him at one time, but you've walked away from him. He's beckoning you to come. Come home and experience his love. If you're here and you're born again, but you've not yet received the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is a good gift. Woo! He's sent and he's given to us to help us. In our Christian walk. Hallelujah.